Carcassonne. 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 Getting Into Games, the podcast about board games. My name is Mark Santa-Steven, and I'm joined, as ever, always by David Lindsay. Hello. We're trying something different today. Yes, we are doing Getting Into Games Classics. Classics. So, what is, what is Getting Into Games Classics? I'm glad you asked. What is Getting Into Games <laughs> Classics? So uh, we're picking some what would be considered classic games, games that probably a lot of people have played. Games that you might be familiar with. Yes, you should be probably familiar with this if you've been interested in board games. I know I'm learning some stuff, games that I wasn't necessarily familiar with, but um, as what we're doing is kind of diving a little deeper into the background, the history of where these games came from, how they were made. And we hope that these episodes are a little bit more informative. Yeah, I think we're we're going off kind of like our normal uh, kind of free form chatting about games that we're getting into, and uh, kind of to give trying to give a little more information about about what maybe we're you'll learn something. Yeah, hopefully learn something about gaming history. Yeah, hopefully it's interesting. This is what getting into games is about. It's about yes. learning about games. It's about talking about games. We're going to talk about what kinds of games these classic games are. In some cases, we'll talk about how they maybe helped form the genres of games, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm excited about this. Yeah, me too. Uh, and we played Carcassonne. Carcassonne. <laughs> you <laughs> said just, it. I just put it out there. All I right. believe the per- correct pronunciation, Carcassonne. <laughs> uh, we put, we'll, we'll put the, uh, uh, you know, official audio we got off of the internet for how to pronounce it at the maybe at the beginning of this episode but yeah yeah uh that's what we played carcassonne yeah i love carcassonne it's yeah yeah we'll get and talk about the the game itself but um it was enjoyable it was an enjoyable game yeah it's a great game um we're gonna talk about we're gonna start this episode off talking about the history of the game carcassonne who made it where did it come from how did it come to be uh, we're going to then kind of transition to talk more about the style of game that it is, and then we'll finally finish off talking about how is the game played and what did we think about playing it after we played it yeah. the last few times. Uh, so right now we're kicking it off with the history of Carcassonne. Yeah. Uh, so, we, yeah, we actually, like, you know, we did some research. I know. It's different for this podcast. Yeah, we, 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 we put in the homework. Yep. Yeah. I thought I was done researching stuff when I graduated. Yeah. It's kind of nice to dive back into no, it and was fun. research. It was, it was fun doing that. And this is just, you know, f- fun stuff to learn about. So uh, Carcassonne, created by Klaus Jurgen Reed. That's the only time I'm going to say that name. <laughs> Henceforth, he shall be referred to as... He or him. He or just Klaus. 
or just Klaus. Klaus is fun to say. Yeah, Klaus is fun to say. Klaus is a good name. Um, in the year 2000, year of our Lord, 2000, does that surprise you that this game is was is like considered like a, you know, not, not that it's a new game, but it's, yeah. you know, recent memory that this game was released? Yeah. I mean, 2000 to me seems like it just happened. I mean... That's 19 years ago. It's 20 years. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> that is a long time ago. That's a long time ago. But I, the world was a different place. It was a different place for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean that that surprised me. Playing the game, I would have expected to be older. Would you have believed me if I had said this game was a hundred years old? Yes, totally. Yeah, the, it's the, got the feel to it. The, the feel, the, you know, it's it's once you to do a round or two, you've got it. Right. Yeah. It just feels like this kind of like classic type yeah. of game that's yeah. just always been around. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, so uh, our our designer, Klaus, he was in the city of Carcassonne, southern France. Mm-hmm. And that is where the idea came to him. I believe it was like a personal vacation that he was on, but he was doing some, some research that he was interested in uh, regarding um, a particular crusade that happened in that area of the world um not like one of the crusades that you think of when you say the word crusades right a different crusade but there that was kind of a thing at the time this was a different another different kind of crusade everyone was crusading crusading crusaders were doing they were all over the place everybody was on a crusade couldn't Throw a stone without hitting a crusader. (laughs) (laughs) Different crusade than what is thought of as the crusades, but still a crusade. So the city itself was the inspiration for the game Carcassonne. And that's because of the architecture. The city is known for its massive stone walls and castles. Yeah. uh, Which, if you look up, do a Google search for the city, you will immediately notice it yes um large fortifications yeah actually it was interesting because playing the game like i didn't i wasn't aware that that like where the name came from and sure and everything because you know i'm uncultured but beyond that (laughs) uh (laughs) when when you see it you're like oh yeah yeah that's that looks like the game so while he was in this environment is where the idea came to him of creating a game that essentially simulates how this type of city, this landscape, would kind of be developed over time, uh, and that's what that's what the game is. Yeah, like, and you know, in creating the game, uh, yeah, the first draft that was pretty complicated, and you know, like anyone who's ever tried to create anything or even like design a game, you you come up with a lot of good ideas, and when you put them down on paper you kind of realize that it's a little more complex this than it needs to be. This is not what I had in mind when I first started this. Yeah. In my head, it seemed so easy, but when you put it out there, it's uh, a lot different. So it was adjusted and uh, for uh, simpler game mechanics. And um, legend has it, oh. the, the original tile pieces were hand-painted by Mr. Klaus Jürgen Reed himself with watercolors. Those are out there somewhere. Somebody's got them. Somebody's got them. Sitting on a 
fat stack of cash if you do oh, maybe yeah. or not or, I, don't I don't know if maybe no one cares enough <laughs> be something that anyone cared about but um and then yeah he sent the uh you know once he'd got it down to a you know manageable play style he mm-hmm. sent it into a uh publisher in germany and they they loved it yeah scooped it right up scooped it right up and then put it right into development pretty quickly from when uh they they wanted to when they wanted to go for it. So, uh, and in this moment in time, this is where it happened, ladies and gentlemen. During this process here uh, is when was created that thing that haunts our dreams. That thing that we see every time we close Sad our eyes. So, the reason we are constantly looking over our shoulder. The meeple. The meeple. The first meeple <laughs> was designed for Carcassonne. Did you? Were you aware of that? Uh, I did not know that. I think the meeple again seems like something that's been around forever since the dawn of time. It feels like the meeple being like a, uh, you know, if you're talking about board games, like that's just the associated imagery. Yes. Of in some cases, right? Yeah. I mean, if you if you search. Tabletop games, board game stuff, there's always a meeple included in the imagery somewhere. A shrouded meeple, the silhouette. Yeah, just haunting me. Jinko jean wearing, (laughs) too big t-shirt wearing. (laughs) I hate the meeple. You hate the meeple. I'm putting it out there right now. I'm sorry. I understand that it is the, the... the, People love meeples. The piece, uh, you know, that is the face of board gaming. We could have done better. But I don't like the meeple. <laughs> I don't like so the name. Funny. I don't like how it looks. The name. I don't like saying it. I mean. Does this make us canceled? Are we canceled from board gaming talking if because we no, don't like the I meeple? Am, we are going to start a revolution. Where people where don't the meeple need meeples. is no, we don't need the meeple to be this the association for. There are other things out there that we can use to, you know, yes, to talk about board games. All right, let's move on from the from the rant about meeples. This okay. is yeah, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we have there are strong feelings about it, uh, and apparently the last the last fact apparently it was a gamer named Allison who coined the term, combining the words. My people mm. to say meeple and forever cursing yeah. humanity until this earth crumbles <laughs> into space dust. <laughs> but the game was very popular upon its release. It took off. Yeah. Carcassonne took off. Yeah. It was a big deal right away. Won a bunch of awards, uh, awards in Germany, which is where that stuff matters most. I mean, Something tells me if you're winning German awards for you your did war game, big. you're doing all right. <laughs> um, and uh, t- to this point, there are the game has you know been very popular. Numerous expansions to the game to the point where it's almost like a joke that people say. Like there's like you can't keep track of the expansions to Carcassonne. Right, right. Uh, but um, I mean the, the expansions. There's there's a lot of them. Some of them are great, um, and some of them are fine. Uh, there's one that has a dragon. Okay. So, okay. Carcassonne little... meets Trogdor. 
Nice. Yeah, burning nation. Yeah. That's what I would assume, right? Like that's what I would picture wandering those tiles. Yes. Right. That would be great. <laughs> would be so good. I think we need to combine the Trogdor game with Carcassonne. With Carcassonne. <laughs> New rules. Um, cool. Uh, so that will, uh, for the most part, summarize the history of Carcassonne. Did you have any other thoughts about that? No, no. I think that that kind of brings us bring us up to speed on there. Um, there are other versions. Yes. Redos of different themes. Dif- there are differently themed Carcassons. There is a Star Wars Carcasson out there. There is a Star Wars themed Carcasson that takes place in southern France <laughs> in space. <laughs> in yeah. a galaxy far, far away. I, I don't know if France. you needed I don't know if you needed to make a Star Wars version. But they did. I mean, I think we need a Star Wars version of everything. I guess. Right? Uh, but yeah, so at this point, we are going to we're gonna move on from history. Yeah. This was fun. It was fun looking up the, the history bits. Yeah, it's good yeah. to know a little bit of background on Yeah, learning about uh, old Klaus. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Seems Mr. like Mr. a nice guy. He's just yeah. like a teacher. He's yeah. like still a teacher. Like that's what he does for yeah. his job. Yeah. He like, He's not like a major... Board game tycoon. Yeah. Like or maybe he, is, but... He still makes games, you know, mm-hmm. time to time, but it seems like he's just like a, you know, religious studies and music teacher. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So, moving on from history, we're going to talk about what kind of game is Carcassonne. Carcassonne is called a... It's considered to be a German-style game or also known as, a.k.a. a Euro game. Okay. Are you familiar with the term? Um, I've, I've definitely heard the term before. You've heard the term l- lately. We've, you've probably heard it a few times. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've heard it around as we've been doing some of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, like since we kind yeah. of started the whole thing. Um, before we started getting into games, I had never heard that term You had before. not heard the term Euro yeah. game before then? Okay. It's yeah. relatively new. But in, in the process of getting into games more, it's definitely it definitely comes it's up. It's come up. Yes. Well, I'll tell you a little bit more about what Euro games are. Euro games, uh, as opposed to uh, what you might hear referred to as Ameritrash. <laughs> we'll talk about that when we when we get around to it. Uh, Is that a real term? It's a real term. Oh yes. my god, that's amazing. It's so good. <laughs> um, uh, Ameritrash being like so the the two second explanation. Very theme heavy combat heavy dice rolls lots of luck you're fighting each other for supremacy big dramatic ameritrash okay yep (laughs) okay um that's the two second explanation but a euro game is different euro game uh is uh characterized i've got four things that that are used to characterize euro games they can there may be you know some conversation a longer conversation to be had around you know what is what are the full entailments of a euro game, but mm-hmm. this is kind of a gist of it. Um, and uh, I came up with these uh, for alliterations, I guess. Okay, right? Yeah, like it's kind of like on the spot, you know, just like no big deal. It's just, just like some... sitting there, just like <laughs> just kind of popped in my like, head. Yeah, just like kind of popped in my head, kind of wrote them out. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, four things that I'm going to use to to teach you a little bit about. Euro games to help you understand it a little bit. You, the listener, 
and Dave. <laughs> less luck. I'm also listening. Less luck. There's less luck in a Euro game. Mm-hmm. More focused around strategy, which is the second point. But it, the the gist is, you're not using like you're not reliant on the dice. Yeah, you know, it's not all about that. Like, yes, there there are some elements of randomness um, and and luck that will happen in Euro games, but for the most part, that's tried to be minimized. Uh, and yeah, less luck. Right. Cool. Also. Strategies stick. Second okay. second point. If you come into a Euro game and you have an idea of how you want to execute your plan and you can stick to it, you will find yourself at a distinct advantage than just kind of going turn by turn seeing what happens. Okay. Yeah. Uh, engaging with economics. Hmm. Yes. So it's often like what you are doing in the game. As opposed to, like, I'm conquering the world. Right. Or something like that. There's always it's more some about, type of resource. Yeah, that you're, you're dealing with resources, dealing in. or you're engaging in trade, colonizing, building, things like that. Uh, and the last one, player's going to play. PGP. Player's going to play. Uh, for the most part, in a Euro game, players are not eliminated, but will play all the way through till the end. Which is more fun. Uh, unless you're the one eliminating everyone else. Yeah, but you're still going to eliminate them all at the end. I guess. Uh, but, um, <laughs> yeah, so, makes sense? Yeah. You can see how that fits into the way that Carcassonne is played? Definitely, yeah. As opposed to other games. Right, right. Like Risk. Yeah. Risk is not a Euro game. <laughs> trash. <laughs> Ameritrash. <laughs> trash. Uh, yeah. I resemble that remark. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, cool. So that's like a short, you know, explanation of Euro games. Euro games and, yeah. and pretty much the type of game that is Carcassonne. That we're dealing with in Carcassonne. Uh, so how is Carcassonne played? So as I was researching this, uh, it helped me to uh, clarify some terms for myself a little bit. And I learned that I was pretty much dead wrong in what I was thinking that the game of Carcassonne was and in my understanding of what worker placement games are. Because in my mind, when I was thinking of how I would describe how the game is played, I would have called it a worker placement game. It's probably how I would mentioned it to you when we first started uh, talking about it. Yeah, which kind of, it, it, I mean, made sense to me, like not really knowing the distinct difference, but you are, you have your meeples and those are in Let's just call them workers. units. You have your units, yeah, and the, you just kind of place them around on the game and that... You don't get them back until you, they do their job. Yeah, and so it made sense that... that That's kind of where my head was with it, but mm-hmm. as it turns out, that is not... Uh, this, this is not how worker placement games are played at all. Okay. This is not a worker placement game. Um, it is actually called tile placement game because that's what you're doing. Right. That's what you're really doing in Carcassonne. You're not placing workers and having them accomplish a job or a task. You're picking up tiles. You're finding where you want to put the tile. You put the tile there. It's also an area control game, and that's what you're using your units for putting them in certain areas so that you can control that area 
and acquire the points for it. So not worker placement, tile placement, and area control. Cool. So that's how you score your points. That's how you win the game. So in a worker placement game, you're going to be, uh, you know, you're going to pl- take take one of your workers, you place them in a location, and they do a job. Let's say I have a work, I have a worker. I'm going to place him in the kitchen. He's cooking eggs. Mm-hmm. And in in many worker placement games, no one else is now going to be able to do that. Right. No one else can cook eggs. Yeah. I'm cooking eggs. You're the only egg cooker. The only egg cooker. Uh, we can talk more about a worker placement game when we play a worker placement game. But, um, yeah. So, tile placement, area control. But, yeah. So, before, when I was, before I did this, that's kind of where my head was. Uh, but you know what? I was wrong. And yeah. I learned. Well, and guess what? That's what getting into games is all about. That's what getting into games is all about. Uh, but that makes sense because the the way the game plays is you start out with one tile. There's like there's a specific tile that you start with. Yes, right in the center of the board, <clears throat> starting tile, and then your uh, the players are drawing tiles at random, just one tile at a time, and then you're you're placing that, and you have to match it up again with the existing tiles. So, you know. Things that would be restrictive of that is, like, if you have a road, it can't dead end into a field, has to connect to another road or to, like, an end point. Um, You have a castle piece, needs to connect with another castle piece that can't just connect to a dead field. So it's just kind of illogical as you play the game. Like Where where is it possible that this tile could go? If this tile that I picked up is just a road, then I need to connect it to a road. Yes. And as you're putting these tiles down, you place your units, and um, there are four possible ways that you can play your units. You can play as a thief and put that on a roadway. So you put down a road tile, and then you put your guy on there. Got and, your little Robin Hood. And he's, uh, he's well, yeah, 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 or not. And he's robbing people <laughs> on that roadway, and uh, he gets you'll get one point for each road connected road tile um, for that for that for that stretch. Road. So that yeah, basically road. you'll have two endpoints that closes that off. When that closes that off, you get your guy back, and you know you, you tally up your points at that time. The knight is placed in a city, so if you put a tile down, part of that tile has a city on it. You can place a knight in that city. When that city is complete, meaning the entire city is closed off by a wall, then you will score the points for that city, two points per tile. In some cases, there may be some city tiles that have a shield icon on them that will give you bonus points. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You also have monk characters. Uh, These can be placed in a I'm sorry, did you say monkey? Monk. Monkey. Monk. Monk. Yeah. Uh, you know, priests and whatnot. Guys. Bald heads. Yeah. Horseshoe hair. Yes. Drunk all the time. Yes. <laughs> all 24-7. I, I assume. I assume. 24-7. <laughs> Stumbling they're just around. hanging out in their cloister. Stumbling around the cloister. <laughs> and like I said, the cloister tiles are just uh, like a tower building in front with surrounded by field 
So it doesn't have any connecting roadways or anything. I think there is some of them have roads. Oh, that's right. There, the there is like a one that has a roadway into it. Um, but the way you have to score points with that is you have to surround that um, that one tile with nine other tiles. Eight right? other tiles. Eight other tiles. And, and then you will score seven. one point per tile for nine. Yeah. Nine points. Finally, we have the farmer. The farmer is played differently than the other units. Yeah, because the other units, as soon as you connect everything, you're you're getting them back. You're getting them back. You can use them again. Yeah. But you put a farmer in a field. Mm-hmm. What's the first thing a farmer does in real life? What's a farmer do first time? As soon as you put him in a field, grab a piece of hay and put it in his mouth. Passes out. <laughs> They just lay down. I mean, they have to get up so early. That guy's never coming back. <laughs> so when you play a farmer, you just, <laughs> you just lay him down in the field. Just lay it down. Why do you do that? Just lazy. He's just <laughs> laying down like a lazy sack of potatoes. <laughs> and he doesn't yeah. do anything any for the rest of the game. You're, you're basically just... He just takes a nap till the game's over. Yeah. But... But... They, they will score... score points. They can score three points for each connected, completed city at the end of the game. So in, in the field, they're laying in this large grassy area. Every city that is touched by that field, however far away it is, as long as it's not blocked off by roads it will score three points at the end of the game. And they can really rack up a lot of points. Yeah. If you do it right. Yeah, it's kind of uh, something you, as you're playing, like, you might not think of immediately because it's kind of takes some, like, long-term planning. But if you plan it right, you can definitely... You can rack, you rack, can rack them up, yes. Uh, but you could also lose units. Yeah. So you got to figure out what's the right timing. Was mm-hmm. it, is the right time to grab this field early so no one else gets it? Yeah. Or do you hold out until things kind of play out a little bit more and mm-hmm. risk losing it? I don't know. But um, either way, once that farmer's once that farmer's down, he's out. Yeah. You just you're you're sacrificing that guy for the whole game in hopes of getting a lot of points at the end. All of the other units will return to you once their section is completed. So whether that's the city is completed, the road's completed, the territory around the cloister is completed, then they come right back to your hand. And scoring is live. So once you score a road, you move up the points. You got a road of four, grabbing your guy on the score sheet, you move him up four. And you just keep going until all those tiles are played, and that's when the game ends. The you game up all the points. At game's the end, over right? at the end, and you do score partial points. For incompleted territories. Yeah. So an incompleted road, you're going to get one point per tile still. So if you got a guy on a road that has only two tiles, you get two points. Uh, I got a cloister that's, you know, not quite finished. Monks are too drunk to take care of the land or something. Yeah, there's monks. There's yeah. monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> um, you'll, you'll score one tile for per tile that's laid down. And then um, the knights, you will score half points. So you won't get two points per tile. You'll just get one. Yeah. So you could pull ahead at the end, even if you're running behind on points, if you have a lot yes. of partial 
partial stuff completed yeah, on yeah, that. Yeah, long, yeah, yeah. So it, it behooves you to at least have stuff out. Right. Yeah. Ideally, you want to complete them, but having stuff out, it's fine. Yeah. It's good. Um, so we played a couple games of Carcassonne. Yeah. Yeah, I, I found it really doable. This, you introduced me to this game. I had never played it before we played it. Um, and I really liked it. And um, it, like, now knowing, like, you know, some of the history of the game, it's crazy that, like, I've never come across this game or what have you before this time. But uh, it's a really relaxing game to play. Yeah, I think so. I agree with that. Like, you're just kind of, like, drawing these tiles, figuring out where you're going to place them. Um, but at the same time, it can be super competitive and, like, really fun. Um, I also, you know, I also think that it can really, like, leave you with this, like, kind of looming anxiety when you, like, have, like, four units out all in, like, incomplete things. Right. And you're like, I need, like... Four different tiles here will work for me, and I just can't seem to be able to get any of them. Yes. That can be, like, pretty well, we, frustrating. Well, we played two-player um, at first, and that felt like it was um, it was interesting compared to then, then we played it with three-player. So basically comparing the two, like, as we were playing, like, two-player, it seemed very much just kind of like we were each just building our own doing things, our own thing and then like completing them and then taking our guys and just tallying our points and so it it didn't have the same dynamic that like a three-player game had the more players you add it seems like the trickier it can be to complete things yeah and that because i noticed the second time around it was just like we started getting to the end of the tiles and you're just like i need this one tile it's not going to happen. My chances of getting this are just very slim. Yeah. Right? There's only a few tiles left. We Between, like, three people, you know, we're going to finish this in, like, two or three rounds. So I get, like, two... I have to draw two... T- I got two tiles left, and I got to draw the right one. Um, exactly. So it definitely did seem a little more tense playing with multiple... Uh, with, with three or more people. And we just played the base game. Yes. No expansions. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I think it was equally fun with two or three people. It's just, yeah. it just plays a little differently. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's fun with more as well. Uh, just adds, you know, even more of that. Like, right. How can I get these things? Well, one that thing I we kind of came across is with three people is like you almost inadvertently have to help other players at times. Oh, definitely. Because like you just draw a tile and you're like, I have nowhere to put this where i'm gonna benefit from it but i have to put it somewhere Mm -hmm. and so you know you look for ways that like might benefit you in the future or you know Mm -hmm. what have you but or you get uh, competitive and you like well i just need to put this in a way that maybe is going to cause problems for somebody right it's like oh like someone's like just about to finish off their city you know yeah they just need one little edge to finish it off and you know, there's not a lot of tiles left, so they're they're hoping to grab one, you know, right at the end so they can score big. And I pick up a tile, and it's like four four open city spots, yeah. you know? It's like all city. Yeah, and you just drop, drop it right down. on there. It's like, you need three tiles to close You need three tiles to close this off. <laughs> You're not it's getting not it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I also there, like the live scoring. I think that... Um, 
just made it interesting as you're playing the game. One, it's easy to keep track of. Yeah. And you're not like, you know, playing this game and everything's just building up and you have no idea who's winning. And then you get to the end and you're like, all right, let's see who the winner is. It's like, as you're playing, you're like, okay, there's someone's clearly ahead. Yeah. I know, I know I need to get this many points to catch up to them. And yeah. So in some ways you're also kind of like, even though we talked about like nobody is like out and you get to play the whole game through, you could be way behind and totally. be like, there's just no way to catch up. Totally. So we're just playing this game for fun at this point. But, um, uh, but I, I did enjoy that. I thought that was a cool way to score the game. But then at the last minute, you, you place the last final tile. Take a look at the board. A couple people count up. They're leftover thieves. They're leftover knights. And then who wakes up? The farmer. Goddamn farmers. And they're like, oh, oh my gosh. What was... Oh. <laughs> you, guys, you guys building stuff out building here? stuff out here? <laughs> oh, well, look at that. Well, here's, uh, here's 18 points. <laughs> 18 points for Mark. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and that's what that's what happened that in happen? our uh, that's what happened in our that <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how it goes. That's that's like yeah, that's playing Carcassonne. I mean, it's a quick game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a it's a definitely a good game to get into if you want to. Uh, it's a classic, man, and this you can tell why when you play it. Yeah, you and I know totally like other other Euro games can get more complex. So I think if you want to dive into what classifies as a Euro game. And this is the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Good, I mean, good start. You could teach it to anybody. I played yeah. it with my dad. He had a great time. Not that my dad's the guy that you, my dad can play games. Right. But like, if you're looking for a game that you want to play with your dad, you can play this with your dad. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, I could play with my wife. Oh yeah. My wife plays games too. Sometimes she's a little choosier. Sometimes she wants to play stuff she likes, but like, she could play this. Yeah, yeah. It's totally. easy to learn, and it's um, it's not like super involved or super stressful. No, no. it's like all right. Here, here, basically, this is like even if you're leading the game and you're leading the scoring, like you just tell them what what points they got. You know, like yeah. I mean, that's the hardest part of the game is knowing yeah how stuff scored. So you need to know that a little bit so you know where to place your guys. But um. You know, if somebody needs help along the way, you just do the scoring for them. And yeah, totally. Anybody can place the tiles. I taught I taught the game to my dad, and he won the first game that we played together. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's about how it goes. Yeah, that's Carcassonne. So I hope everyone enjoyed this kind of new classics uh, format that we're doing. Uh, we're going to be doing some other games around this same formula and learning the background, the history, and everything, and being a little more informative in in the podcast. So we're going to play some regular games too, do some of our regular episodes, but uh, we're going to try play some more classic games as well, either games that we haven't played a lot of, or uh, just you know games that we want to get back into and just do some research on and try put out something that's a little more informative and you know, educational, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you can find us at a few different places. Deadbird RIP is the Instagram. Instagram's fun. We have a great time there. Deadbird RIP on Instagram. And the website? The website is deadbird.rip. 
So deadbird.rip is going to get you to the website. A little bit more information there. Which links to the Instagram and links to the podcast and all everything on there. So Yes. Uh, and finally, if you would like to get in touch with us for any reason, maybe we got something wrong in this episode. Could that be possible? No. Or maybe you want to express your love or similar hatred for the meeple. For the meeple. Yes, email us about your thoughts about the meeple at people love meeples. No, it's people <laughs> love people love deadbirdrip at gmail.com is the, our email address. Deadbirdrip at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Take care, everybody. Take care. Yeah, so he looks like the game yeah exactly. <laughs> so, so looking at at these uh, these walls and these castles, the idea came to him to design a game, uh, basically simulating. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that was so loud. Sorry, I won't rub my mustache anymore. <laughs>